time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Have you ever wondered if there's some way that you could decide what's really important in your life? Maybe you're faced with lots of options and opportunities. Maybe you have several job options, or maybe you're looking at different schools to attend or grad school programs, or maybe you're trying to decide uh, which, what options to choose in, in, in maybe some field that's related to what you've been doing, but you're looking just for something that'll let you know what's really important for you. I wonder this because I have many people who've come in for coaching and for even for therapy who are really looking to figure out how to prioritize things. They say they get caught up in the mundane. And and so for the next two weeks, we're going to talk about tools that will help you really get to the bottom of that. But one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is you've already got a built-in importance indicator it's, it's cooked right into you, and you may not be using it. In fact, you may be misusing this very thing. And so if you've been looking for that built-in importance indicator, the thing that's going to let you know, is this important to me? Let me go ahead and tell you, you already have that. So the question today is how you use that to your benefit. You're accessing it probably every single day, but it may not be accessed in the way that's very helpful. Sometimes we get stuck trying to figure out some way to choose what direction to go, what priorities to take, what opportunities there are, and it's all waiting right within us. It's just waiting for us to jump in. But before we get to that, let me give you just a reminder about how we as humans are made, kind of our biology. And this is a little brain biology. Deep within your brain, there are these two mechanisms two little pieces of your brain, the amygdala and the hippocampus. The amygdala is just a very small structure that's very deep in your brain, at the very core, very base of your brain, and right beside is the hippocampus. Those are pieces of the brain that we share, at least that segment, the the functions of those pieces, we share with just about everything that crawls or flies or swims, everything that moves. Because all of those creatures need to have that in order to stay alive. These are the fear centers of your brain. In fact, we share it with so many creatures that uh, the scientists refer to it as the reptilian brain because we even share it with the reptiles. And that's the part of the brain that's always looking for threats around you. It's always looking for the things that you got to be careful of. One of the things that's true about humans is that humans are super sensitive to threats. And the reason you're super sensitive is because long, long ago, your ancestors were extra sensitive to the possibility that something was a threat, some, something behind some shadow over there in the grass or behind the, the trees or over the hill. Extra sensitivity meant that their genes got passed on to the next generation as opposed to the ones who kind of stood there and wondered what that might be long enough to either be attacked or eaten. And that's part of what we carry with us, this hypersensitive way that we look at fear, at at the things that make us feel fear, the threats that are around us. And the amygdala is where that starts. The amygdala has a direct line to vision and to hearing. So it sees things, hears things, and senses things, and automatically goes on alert. 
So it triggers the whole body to go into the cascade that you and I know as either fear or excitement, depending on how you're interpreting it, because really it's the same. That fear and excitement that we feel, you know, that that stomach feeling, maybe the tingling in your fingers or, or your feet, or maybe that uh, place where you, your heart starts beating hard and, and all of those emotions that you feel and all those feelings that you have when something has you in the grips of fear. Well, that's all because of the amygdala. The amygdala immediately starts it off and says, I think there is a threat. Now, remember that at this deep in the brain, there's no language capacity. That's at the top of your brain. So this part of the brain isn't really saying the words, but it's really sensing that. I think there's a threat. I think there's something here. I think you better be careful. I think you need to pay attention. And the body then follows by paying attention, be, being careful, by being on alert, even on alarm. After it's over, the hippocampus decides whether that was really a threat or not because it's going to store it there and make sure that it's there for ready access in case that happens down the road. It's a great system to keep you safe when you're talking about real threats in the world, things that really could hurt you. The problem is there's a difference between actual fears, which are really about dangers around us, and existential fears, which are really about possibilities in front of us. They trigger the same part of the brain, they feel the same in our body, and that's why we get them so confused. So when either those dangers or possibilities are there, there's some bodily response. For me, it's that, that feeling in my gut, that, that feeling that where my gut's tightening up and, and maybe my, my heart starts pounding a little bit, and my palms get a little sweaty, and I can feel it in the bottom of my feet. And those are my bodily responses to those moments which we tend to then try to avoid the things that are causing that. Now, this is very helpful in other places in your life. When I'm out trail running, as I come around the corner, if there's something squiggly in the trail, my body and mind need to instantly react to that. My brain needs to say, you've got to watch that. You've got to notice that. You've got to pay attention. And my body goes on alert. Or if I'm crossing the street and suddenly I hear an engine rearing up or roaring up on me, I need my body to suddenly get me out of the way. That's how our body stays safe. That's how our brain makes sure that we stay safe. The same thing happens, though, when there's something really important going on. Maybe before you give that big talk at work, the one that could make the difference in your career, you feel the same feelings you might have when there's something of danger in front of you. But there's a difference. One's about an actual fear, something that is a danger, and the other is about a possibility that scares you. And that's the difference between whether it's the actual fear or the existential fear, the difference between a true danger and what's really a true possibility. We can't tell it instantly by our body because our body reacts the same way. So then how do we use this part of our body to help us decide what's important. Well, you'll notice that in both cases, it's important. You'll notice that in both cases, we need to pay attention. The problem is we misuse fear on a daily basis. We think that fear is an avoidance indicator. It's telling us to avoid something. But it's not. It's an importance indicator. It's telling you this is important. Pay attention. Sometimes paying attention means to get out of the way. 
But sometimes paying attention just means to say, you know what, that's pointing out that this is important to me. That's pointing out that this is something crucial to me. The dangers are important, but the possibilities are important. And neither need to be avoided necessarily. If I'm running around and come around the bend and I see something squiggly and I come to a sudden stop, I need to pay attention. But if it's just a stick in the way, I can keep on going. If it turns out that it really is that snake, I need to pay attention on how I'm going to get around it, not decide to never run again. Unfortunately, we've begun to to react to fears in our lives, for the most part, by avoiding the things that make us feel fearful. We think that's something to be avoided rather than something to pay attention to. Let's say that you go to a party. You look across the room at a party and you see someone and you go, you know, that person looks kind of interesting. I think I might like to chat with them. Probably, if it's just that person that you thought you might want to chat with, maybe you see that there's something interesting about them. You're happy to go over and have a chat. Not a lot of fear to it. Maybe a little bit of nervousness, but not a lot. As opposed to being at a party and looking across the room and meeting the gaze of somebody you think might be your soulmate. Think of the difference in how your body reacts. Think about the difference in the way your body responds. It's, it's a very different response because one is more important than the other. Earlier today, I was out paddling. I was out near the river, and as I was taking my paddle, paddleboard out, I, was, I had leaned it up against the car, and this person came over. Now, I'd seen this person as I was paddling up. They were, he was pulling off his paddleboard, too. And so I, I realized that we were probably going to have a conversation because we both have the same interest. He came over, and he said, hey, I just saw you. I just want to introduce myself. He introduced himself. I introduced myself. Neither of us were particularly nervous about it. We could always talk about the paddleboard. We had something in common. There was no threat or nothing important necessarily about our conversation. That's what happens a lot of times when we, we have that, that person that's just kind of of interest. But what if it was that person that could change your career? Maybe I would be standing there and I look over and there is some famous CEO of a company. Would that change my response? Would I be nervous about going over and striking up a conversation? Absolutely. Should I avoid that? Absolutely not. But that's kind of how we allow the fear to play into us. We assume that if we're comfortable, it must be the right thing. If we're uncomfortable, we ought to avoid it. Which means that we keep making our importance indicator into the avoidance indicator. So this is our chance to decide that we're going to look at this as the thing that tells us what's important. Let's say you've got two possibilities. One of them really makes you nervous and anxious. The other, you think, I could do that. Maybe you go to two job interviews in a day. You look at that one job interview and you say, yeah, I got this. I could do this in my sleep. The other one, you say, man, I feel like I'm in over my head. I would have to really work to get this one going. I would really have to, to really put some, some energy into that and learn a lot of skills and, and really push myself on that. But boy, that'd be cool. And it's easy to allow ourselves to be pulled towards the comfort rather than the cool. To choose the easy answer rather than the one that makes us grow. Whenever we have two possibilities... 
I tend to think the one that gets us more anxious, more nervous, is probably the one that's going to lead us towards growth. Now, let me also be clear that there are times when you say, you know what, I've had enough growing. I've got to rest a little bit. I'm not ready for the next big challenge. I need to get my energy back. But you've still used your skills appropriately. You've still decided that that other one may be really, really important, but maybe the timing is wrong. Maybe you need to wait until there's more energy. Maybe you need to wait until there's another opportunity. That's okay. But at least be sure that you're assessing things based on the importance that's there. Maybe you have someone who comes up and says, hey, you know what? We need a speaker for some event. And the first response is, oh, I can't do that because I get nervous when I speak. That's different than saying, wow, you know what? I get nervous when I speak because it's important. And so you decide to go in that direction. As I'm talking about this, I'm at the tail end of a process of getting all of my materials together for my next manuscript to go off to my publisher. And I can tell you that I always have the same feeling. It happens every time I get ready to publish a blog article or to publish a podcast or to send off my book manuscript. And I know it now as telling me that this is important. So one option is to not ever get around to finishing it. The other option is to recognize that what's going on is my body's telling me, this is important. This is a big deal for me. I've been spending a lot of time on this book. It's time to ship it. It's time to get it to the publisher and get it to the next step. This is pretty much how we always get to the big things in our life. Think about how this has happened for you in the past, and you'll recognize that sometimes you look at that thing and you say, this is important. I've got to keep pushing. Then there are times when you avoid that same feeling. So what do we do? Well, we simply make sure that we understand that fear is our built-in importance indicator. It's not an avoidance indicator. It's an importance indicator. And every time your fear is triggered to go back to, this is important. The question is, is it important because it's a danger and you need to avoid it? Or is it important because it's a possibility, a potential, a possible new direction for you that you might want to embrace? Your body's going to feel the same in either category. Our bodies feel the same with fear. The problem is, over time, we have learned and taught ourselves to avoid that fear to avoid the feeling of fear, to go towards something that's more comfortable. But that's not always the best option. It doesn't always pull us to being our best self, our highest self, to challenging ourselves to grow. So instead of allowing yourself to be pulled into the avoidance of something, decide you're going to use your fear as an indicator of how important this is. And as you move in that direction, you begin to watch that your priorities automatically begin to come together because you're, you're seeking out the things that bring a little bit of anxiety. You're seeking out the opportunities that bring a little bit of fear because you know that all that's meant is that this is important. So now you know that you already have that built-in importance indicator. It's up to you to decide how to use it. Most of the time, we've been taught to misuse our fears. So here's a little secret. We all have fears. 
That's part of being human. We all have fears. The question is whether we avoid the fears, thereby feeding that part of us that keeps us avoiding fears, or if we see those fears, it's just indicated that something is important. And at that point, we shift over to courage, where we decide to take on the things that scare us, not because there is no fear, but because we know it's important enough to take it on anyway. We move from our heart. If this has been helpful for you, this is part of the material that I cover in my book, The Thrive Principles. I talk about fear and how we all have fear. I talk about how we use that as an indicator of importance. I would love it if you would check it out. You can find more out about The Thrive Principles at thethriveprinciples.com. Thethriveprinciples.com. Let me know what you think. I'd love it to hear how you've decided that fears are your importance indicator. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best for a thriving life. You've been listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it.